you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam, this is try number three. This is attempt number three. Are you ready for the first segment for now, the third time in a row? I don't know why you're giving people a peep behind the screens, but yes, I am. I'm more ready than ever before. This is going to be the third time we're going to be talking about Paul George and James Harden. So that means I'm going to be extra salty about James Harden. I'm just warning you guys ahead of time that, that I, am, I am really not in the mood to talk about, about that entire situation, but we're going to. Uh, he increased the number of teams that he's interested in, in going to. Uh, Paul George did the opposite of that and committed to the Clippers for a four-year, potentially five-year extension. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to bring back a favorite game of ours, or mine, uh, Woe or Woe, to use our voice inflection to rate or gauge or analyze the off-seasons of a few teams. And then finally, in the third segment for this week's uh, edition of Power Rankings, Adam is going to take us through the top, is it nine teams or eight teams? Did you decide on a number? I think I, I think I added an extra one to make it 10. So I think I have a full 10. All right. We have 10 teams that Adam is really looking uh, forward to seeing in the well, preseason. Well, nine of them I'm really looking forward to. The, the 10th <laughs> one was there to make it a round number. Oh, okay. You're, 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 okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Nick Van Exel number nine. Like it's, it's, it's really okay if you, anyway. Uh, let's start though. Do you want to start with Harden or Paul George? Let's start with Paul George. I guess the good news we can call that. (laughs) Well, good good news if you ignore the fact that he is in past seasons taking the extension and then asked to be traded. Um, We can (laughs) you know we can we can celebrate this. I guess guess him staying. No, four years, one hundred ninety million keeps him in Los Angeles through twenty twenty five. Should he pick up that like you mentioned that last year as a player option? So really twenty twenty four with a player option in twenty twenty five. But you know. I don't think the Clippers were ever, I shouldn't say ever, I don't think they were at a huge risk to have traded everything away and then have their two cornerstone pieces, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, both bounce after one season. I just, I think both guys wanted to be there for reasons beyond just, you know, the team that was in place. I think, you know, Paul George, obviously it's home, Kawhi Leonard as well. So I I never thought that was a huge risk, but you have to, if you're Steve Ballmer, sigh a little bit, have a sigh of relief. If you mm-hmm. only were guaranteed two years with those guys. And the first year was really <laughs> disappointing. On the on the ultimate stage, disappointing. I think you have to uh, breathe a sigh of relief. Absolutely. I, I mean, for for all the, the kind of jokes and snark aside, anytime you can keep a really good player in-house for uh, an extended period of time, a longer period of time than you might have originally thought, you you, you have to be kind of excited about it. This is a pot committed type contract too. You know, they they yeah. use so many assets to acquire Paul George to uh, convince Kawhi Leonard to uh, go to the Clippers. And at this point, you just kind of have to ride that wave. You got to see how far you can go with it. And and I think it's the right move to to keep pursuing this tandem. The 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 vibe to me was kind of like, you know, when you get invited to a party. And you say basically like who's going to be there, and <laughs> this you kind of felt that. like you you've, you're you're telling me right now, Adam, that you have never given that response. No, never, never. <laughs> I'm going to go back through my text, and I can tell you right now. <laughs> I definitely have said it to you. <laughs> I definitely said that one to you before. 
Uh, but but I think but this is kind of like the the Clippers being able to answer that question just in case Kawhi Leonard does ask who's going to be there. They can say the guy that you wanted in the first place is is actually yeah. going to be able to stick around. So I I think it serves that purpose. Uh, I I do hope that it works out. I hope that the league actually gets the rivalry that they so desperately want out of the Lakers. Oh, I don't. I mean, I don't no? care about that. Well, no, I don't because, again, this is a prepackaged rivalry. That's not what rivalries are. This is what I don't like about the NBA. This It's a pre-rivalry. Have they met in the playoffs? Do they have a history? No. But we want it to be a rivalry. Ergo, and then when they lose to a superior <laughs> mm-hmm. team who shows incredible resiliency and heart coming down from 3-1 despite missing a starter, the story is how disappointing <laughs> instead of just, wow, how fun was that? So no, I do not. I mean, look if they're if they turn out to be good and then and they earn it, sure. Well, that I mean, I again, I think they're going to earn it. I think this is the year that they probably earn it, and we get that matchup in the postseason. But if we don't, if one of those teams bows out early, then then it, you're right. It would be stupid to continue to fall back onto that line of of analysis. Let's go now to James Harden doing the opposite of what Paul George did. Uh, it, he expands the list of teams that he is now interested in. It's basically all of the Eastern Conference contenders except for the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. So he's open to going to Miami. <laughs> he's open to going to Milwaukee. He's open to going to Brooklyn. That's his preferred destination. And he's open to going to Philly to reunite with Daryl Morey. Uh, this really feels like a, a perception, a PR type move, right? See, look, I'm being easy to work with. Look at me. You can, you now have these handful of teams, which you know this expanded list features teams that couldn't even try to acquire me contractually if they wanted to. But look at me. I'm being flexible. While to this point, he's handled this entire situation about as poorly as you possibly can. I mean, it's identical to Anthony Davis and what he did. I mean, he did the exact same thing when it was Lakers. And then, oh, by the way, the Bucks too. I don't know. We'll throw them in there, even though they can't get me. I'll just add them so it seems like I have more teams. I think there's a little bit of that. Um, you know, I'm curious how this Harden thing plays out. He, you know, those are good teams in Miami. Apparently, there there were reports today. I think from Five Reason Sports that uh, Miami and uh, Houston had had some talks, uh, at least in some capacity, had spoken to each other about a potential deal. Um, but yeah, I don't. I really don't know what to make of this, other than if you're Houston, you know, players asking out with one year on. First of all, players just leaving in free agency the way they did, relatively new, last decade or so with one year on the contract pre-agency, you know, using that last year to try to get where you are for various reasons. That's a thing. Two years. We saw players do this with two years left, but James Harden with effectively three years left on his contract trying to, trying to move. I just feel like there's more at stake here than just what, whatever's at stake for the Houston Rockets. I really hope he doesn't, they, they don't acquiesce to, to this I, I really hope that at some point some team says you know what man you, you signed a contract and the entire situation the losing that you're now trying to get away from exists in large part because of not just the player personnel type moves that we made at your request not right. just because of of the the style of play that you know we allowed you to get some somewhat inflated stats with but but also like the rockets by all actions never appeared to really push him to like hey do you mind caring about 
offense when you don't have the ball? Could you like just go stand in the corner and not up at half court? Could you could you make like the small plays that it takes to win a basketball game? Could you like show like just even pretend to care? And and he never really seemed to. And like frankly, if I was a contending team interested in potentially landing him, that's something I'd be really nervous about. Cause is is he gonna go to a team and expect to, you know, wind up in Houston but with better teammates? Is that is that what he's hoping for here? Because I don't think that's winning basketball. Like I I I think you really do run the risk of screwing up a culture. You know, Miami is is a team that went really far because I mean, of the the buy in. Yeah. I know, I know, there was a lot of people kind of dumping on Nuggets fans because they weren't interested in trading Jamal Murray for for James Harden. We saw Jamal Murray and this really young Denver team have a fun, exciting postseason, and you run the risk of really kind of upheaving your your. Uh, culture for a guy who might not necessarily play postseason winning basketball. This is what I keep talking to you about all the time, though, Anthony. About like, is James Harden a better player than Jamal Murray? Of course, by a lot, by you know, mm-hmm. an order of magnitude. But I, I think one of the things we're missing in sports by turning it into this free agency, everybody moves around, which is fantasy. We're just plugging and placing players and all the other intangible aspects of the sport go away. So I agree with you that should a team like Denver, and I think this is also true of Milwaukee, probably even true of Miami, should they make a move that you look at and on paper and say, oh yeah, this is a positive. There's sometimes something beyond it. And also, maybe not just there is something beyond just what's on paper. I also want to believe that there's something else on paper. Maybe there's yeah. not. Maybe it really, really is. Boring. <laughs> maybe it is really... just, you know what, let's see yeah. if he can force his way to a good enough team that none of this stuff else matters, and, and, and then we'll see what happens. But um, I don't know. We'll see how this saga plays out. I, I hate that it's hanging over the head of the NBA right now. I hope as games start to arrive we get to turn our attention to basketball because it just seems like every week we're talking about which superstars moving where and forcing their hand where. Yeah. I, I think By that last tape. point, I think that that last point that you made is a really important one. When we talk about the health of the league, I just don't, if I were, if I had never watched an NBA game before and I had a friend of mine trying to tell me, explain to me how this league works and, and in, in, a, in a way that gets me to buy in as a brand new fan. And basically the description is, well, this league is run by superstars, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But they lately have been creating these situations and, and demanding all of this leverage and power over the organization with basically no accountability, no personal accountability. And if that situation that they created doesn't lead to the number of wins or the kind of titles that... Uh, is expected of them because of their talent level, they just peace out and screw over entire fan bases at a time. Are you interested in such a thing? I, I don't know if I would be. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. I mean, me personally, no, but we'll see what the people have to say. I mean, with James Harden, we'll see how this shakes out. I kind of, you know, my hunch would be that that this doesn't move quickly, but who knows? I mean, maybe it does. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit with a, with a, a little game Thank we you. like to Thank call. Thank God. <laughs> A little game we like to call Whoa or Whoa. <laughs> I still don't know what this game is. <laughs> David, if you're ever wondering, if you ever want like a description of, of Adam and my show, it's that last send off to, to the break. 
I still don't know what this game is and me just laughing. <laughs> it's basically, so I'm the one picking right this week. The woes are the woes, or I'm sending right. out. I'm giving you some. We're talking about off seasons. That's yes. Right. So so we're we're analyzing the off season using the inflection of our voice here. So if it's an off season we like, we go whoa. If an offense, if it's an off season <laughs> we didn't particularly like, we say whoa. Okay. And, and okay. Okay. this is All the right. kind of hard-hitting okay. analysis that you come here for on All Fridays right. on the Locked On NBA podcast. Now. All right, I'm going to throw a first one at you. You can let me know, and I'll tell you what I think. But the Milwaukee Bucks. Whoa. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? They did it. Well. They went for it. I they did, but then they didn't get the guy that they went for. Oh, are you <laughs> right? talking about Bogdanovich? Yeah, I mean they, they went oh, for it geez. with Drew Holiday, oh, and gosh. I think I think <laughs> they it was I, Drew Holiday. That was the headline. I'm sorry, you. It is. You you're right. It is. You're right. But but they also thought you know for a second that they were going to have Bogdanovich, and you would have a lineup of uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Giannis, and Brook Lopez, and that's a championship level. Uh, Type of that's the kind of 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 roster lineup that keeps Giannis there definitely right, and then they don't get him, and lately they've been asking him about his extension, and he won't even answer questions about it. And that, like above all else, the like the woe of all woe type of of off seasons they could have had is if Giannis signs that extension, he didn't, and I'd be a little nervous. He still got well. First of all, he still got time, and I think it's smart. You want to? He's got eleven days. Might as well use them all up. I wish he'd maybe be a little more open about it, but you know, that's his, you know, no players are. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, you're right that if he doesn't, if he enters the season and December 21st passes and he does not sign that extension, I do think that it's going to suck for everybody. It's going to be miserable for all of us to have to yep, have You get the James Harden situation. You have oh, the Giannis situation. Oh, the league. oh my God, my <laughs> poor league. But if, but if we step back from that, sure. Bogdanovich didn't want to be there didn't like the order of operations or just plain didn't ever want to go there. I mean, either, Seems either like way. Seems like an important part of free agency. But either way, that is an important part. But the headline was that they acquired Drew Holiday and they did a yeah. lot. They paid a lot to get him. And they have a team now that features Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, one superstar, two stars. This is the best team Giannis has ever had. And in yeah. the year when you're trying to go all out to save your franchise player, your generational talent, to me that's a whoa. They went for it. They swung for it. They got their guy. I hope it works out for them. Yeah, I I have it as a as a whoa, but subject to change. As soon as okay. if Giannis inks that okay. inks that extension, it is the best offseason any team in the NBA had by a lot. So my next one is Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You thought really? I was going to just do teams, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to put him in here because he got Somebody four threw a baseball years, out of left field. Just four give me years, the head. $85 million. For me, this is a whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. It's, it's, uh, what is he at in the ESPN ranking? He's like 41. He's a good player. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head where he was, but he's a good player. My, my, for him, it's an absolute knockout of the park. One of, honestly, one of the coolest stories in the NBA, right? Somebody who bet on himself and asked teams not to draft him so that he could pick the situation. Becoming more and more common, by the way. Yeah, and 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 he went to the situation, carved out that niche for himself, freaking balled out in the postseason and and gets himself this contract. I think it's really, really cool. I want I want to see more stories like that. 
All right. Well, he got four years, $85 million. He got paid. Another one, the Detroit Pistons. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the it... biggest. Whoa. <laughs> I, it's like it's such a negative whoa that there's a question mark at the end of it. You know, it's like whoa, oh. like yeah. whoa, whoa. I want to know what the what the line of thinking was that went into these decisions. Like, so usually in an NBA offseason, you can look at how it turns out for a team and kind of understand what the intent was, what the purpose behind it was. But you look at the moves that they make; uh, they sign. Uh, a Plumley to a Plumley. Uh, they got a Plumley. Yeah, they they got a Plumley for for forty eight million bucks or, or twenty you know, five. Twenty. I think it's twenty three or twenty. Oh, it's a four year, twenty five million deal, right? Three. I think three. <laughs> three twenty. Oh, there you go. But they they, <laughs> they paid a Plumley twenty five million bucks, and that wasn't the only center that they signed. That's right. just. So yeah, they add Plumley. They get Jeremy Grant for sixty million dollars, which um you know awfully steep, mm-hmm. and then. You let go of of uh, Christian Wood, like just a, a player that you could have, you you know, you kind of found, you identified, started playing mm-hmm. really well for you, just walk. So such a bizarre. I mean, Detroit to me was they they went full Knicks this summer. We'll see how it works out for them. I hate their roster, um, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it works out for them because they were the team that I think was the grenade, you know, that just <laughs> kind of went in and caused chaos in this year's offseason. And you look when everything, when all the dust settled, you look at it and go. That's what you built. That's, the, <laughs> that's what you were doing. Um, so they're interesting. All right, the, the Atlanta Hawks also lost. Also lost Luke Kennard, which was kind of a bummer for them too. Yeah. Like I just, I you know, I, I don't, I don't understand what the point, purpose they were going for there was. Yeah, I really that's don't. Really strange. Maybe they'll pull it off though. We'll see. The Atlanta Hawks. Whoa. Okay. I like it. I, okay. I, I, I enjoy it. Now they aren't going to play any defense whatsoever. But they're going to have an incredibly potent offense and uh, might be able to – I think they're the favorite right now to walk away with that eight seed you think? in the Eastern Conference. I, th- I mean, not by a lot. I want to see how Washington looks with Russell Westbrook in a spread pick and roll with nothing but space ahead of them. That's going to be really interesting to see. But, you know, it's, it's – they're going to have to see, you know, what, what – Trey Young is really capable of as a leader. He was talking at, on the jump about how, you know, the expectation for him has always been playing winning basketball. So now's, now's when we find out if, if that's something that he can really do on the best roster that he's had to this point in his career. How about you? Um, to me, they're, they're probably neither of these. They're, they're probably somewhere in between for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, like you, I am intrigued by them. I think they're going to be fun. Trey Young, who already was putting up ridiculous numbers, now gets a few more weapons at his disposal. So um, I, I would tend to go towards, whoa, but it's a yeah. slight whoa. It's a slight whoa. Yeah, I, I just, I enjoy, they're at that stage of Trey Young's career where you kind of have to turn the corner. And this is the kind of roster that I think he's best equipped to, to try to do so with. I, mm. I think at some point, though, you know, they can turn the corner this year, but at some point they're really going to have to do more to, to offer some defensive help around him because he's never going to be a good defender. He might never be a league average defender. So they're going to need to do more around him to surround him with 
the type of defenders that can do any kind of winning in the post. They're, they're so early in that process, though. They are. To, You're that, right. To me, I mean, I, I, that's, that's why I said that's, at some point. I'm not yeah, saying like point, right now. Probably got a couple of years of, yeah. of fun, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Raise up some of the value of some of these assets, maybe when the numbers are through the roof. Um, the Phoenix Suns. Whoa. Yeah. I big love move. it. Yeah. Big move. Oh my goodness. Give me. Give me. I. I think. Chris Paul is the kind of player that, you know, when Devin Booker looks back on his career, he's going to say, you know, getting to play with Chris, getting to understand, you know, what it takes to be the kind of leader that, that Paul has been over the course of his career, the type of professional that he has been over the course of his career. I think Devin Booker, I, I think the Suns did a lot to raise the, you know, the final ceiling on Booker's career. And, and I, I, that to me is, is worth it. Whether or not they make the playoffs, I I I have them kind of squeaking in or, or playing in that kind of play-in tournament. Uh, but but if if Paul does have an imprint on Booker's his approach to basketball on and off the court, I I think it's the it's a a home run grand slam type of move. I'm all in on this, and I actually have them as a as a playoff team. I think even prior Outright. to the play in uh, portion of this, I mm-hmm. mean, if you look at this starting lineup of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you know, Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, I like all of those guys, and I mm-hmm. think they fit well too. That's like a really good, well rounded roster that covers a lot of bases. And then off the bench, you know, you got Dario Saric, uh, Cameron Johnson, who I really like. Etwan Moore could take could take our lead, but he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, Javon Carter, I see. Yeah, the ESPN has Cameron Payne in here on their depth chart. I don't see that, but um, you know, I, I there's just a lot of guys on that roster that I like. The starting five, I love, and then the guys behind them, I like. So to me, this has a chance. I think. What did Chris Paul just do with an Oklahoma City roster that, in my opinion, right. was less than this? I, mm-hmm. I think that this was a great, great move for Phoenix, and I'm really curious. And then on top of that, you have to add in the Monty Williams factor. I mean, they have a a good vibe to this team. A much yeah. needed good vibe. So I think there's going to be a great year for Phoenix. Uh, they are full on. Whoa. <laughs> but is that one of the better? So you have them sounds like it's one of the better off seasons in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think so. They went from a team that I think you were really nervous and you still are nervous. Devin Booker has been with that group for a while. They haven't really improved. You worry mm-hmm. about how hefty and comfortable he is there, but you send him, you know, you get that a team like that into the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton so young, Bridges so young, Cam Johnson so young, Jalen Smith obviously a rookie. You get all that young talent, a taste of success, and I, I, I really do believe for young teams it's just so important. And then who knows? Chris Paul is really good. Devin Booker mm-hmm. is really good. Who knows how what their upside is this season? It could be higher than we're all we're all predicting. Um, my last one for you: the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I, I don't like answering this one because it involves Clay Thompson blowing an Achilles. That's, it, that that is know. the thing. You know, it like that makes it in and of itself not just a woe for like the the Warriors, but for the entire NBA. It's it's a way more fun league when Clay Thompson is participating in it actively. They're uh, so, so interesting though because th- that is obviously the central part of it, right? But mm-hmm. then they pick up Kelly Oubre. You hold on to Andrew Wiggins at least for now. You you draft James Wiseman. To me, they're like. A really interesting team in part because it doesn't make sense to me. I think they're going to be good, but not great. (laughs) But what I mean when I say doesn't make sense is you have such a weird mix of old and new. And I just wonder, as I look at them, again, I don't really understand your game, Anthony, but as I look at them, I kind of go like, whoa, like there's a lot of outcomes on the table now for this Warriors team that I didn't think were going to be on on the table anytime soon. Is it, is it that, that, so it's more of like a stoner woe. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, crazy. (laughs) far out 
I, I do, you know, cause we're, I think I wish clay was healthy because if clay's healthy, that gives you the best opportunity for, for Wiggins to actually kind of be useful and, and play closest to his contract that he's ever played uh, at this point in his career. Clay Thompson also helps Wiseman develop with the amount of space he would have had out there. Uh, so, so it's, you know, all of the things that they did that make them interesting, it's just hard to take that and, and analyze it without thinking back to, man, this team would be so much more fun if Clay was active on it. Yeah. Should we get to power rankings? We should. We should. Let's go ahead and take a quick second here. When we come back, Adam is going to get you guys psyched for preseason basketball, which tips so off in a matter of hours. So How about psyched. that? I can't believe my my brain literally cannot wrap around the fact that <laughs> the NBA is less than two weeks away or about two weeks away. It's less than insane. Two weeks away, yeah, it's great. Um, we'll have one more show where we are not recapping games. After that, it's game on. So, How about that. Um, actually, next week we might be recapping games. We got preseason games. That's why we have power rankings. <laughs> preseason edition. Let's do this, baby. <laughs> Preseason edition meaning like we aren't going to be very good at this and we're still trying well, to work ourselves in the game shape or preseason. This is teams I am most excited to watch in the preseason. This doesn't so, mean in the season. This means in the preseason. And there's some overlap, of course, but mm-hmm. specifically it's like what guys get to play in the preseason that you're most excited about. I got my list, baby. Can you just really quickly define what things you were looking for to – you know, to identify who is and who is not exciting in the preseason? New faces, um, young talent, guys that maybe aren't going to play 30 minutes a night in the regular season, but will get, you know, that kind of run in the preseason. Those guys go up to the top of the list. It's just intrigue. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of rookies that are headlining why uh, on this list that I'm just excited to see in the NBA level. So that's, that's kind of how it goes. All right, let's start with number 10, which we just added late to having number 10. <laughs> we did. Well, it's the Atlanta Hawks, who I do okay. think, I mean, they're more of like, I think they're going to be a fun league pass team, and I'm excited to see that. But there are a lot of new faces. And then here's one of the things that factored into my ranking. The Hawks are one of the teams that haven't played for 10 months or whatever yeah. it's been. And I'm curious to see just how excited and chopping at the bit those, those types of teams are. It's Trey Young. I mean, he should be meaningfully better a whole year healthy mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was hurt and couldn't play he could play he could practice he could work out i'm curious to see what he looks like so he uh they're they're up at the top of my list or or near the top of my list i should say at number, number 10 that's near the top there's 30 teams it's a third of the way down. all right anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right who's number nine then number nine the minnesota timberwolves Another team that I think maybe through the season I'll be less interested as time goes on because I don't buy that they're going to be uh, like in the playoffs. I think that they might be one of these ones that falls out. But guess who's back? Ricky Rubio. He's back, reunited. The fan base is going crazy. He's with his Spanish teammate, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Anthony Edwards, of course, the number one pick. Should make for a really interesting uh, storyline. So I'm, I'm with it, man. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves will be fun in the preseason. Ricky Rubio and Juancho Hernan Gomez, like two of the best looking NBA players ever. Thank <laughs> my goodness. Wancho, like, Wancho, Wancho, I think, didn't Wancho do actual acting 
over the well, he's in a, yeah he's in a uh he's in a movie this summer with uh, or it's coming out next summer with uh adam sandler <laughs> <laughs> it's very rare he's got like the very tattoos rare. all over the place low-key low-key like cool. one of the better very looking cool. better looking dudes in the nba also I, chill as hell the most chill dude like just absolutely chill on 100 um number eight wait, wait i was gonna give my thoughts on minnesota oh god you have thoughts I do have thoughts on Minnesota. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to see. Like this is the year that Cat turns his talent, which he everybody agrees his talent. He's amongst the most talented players in the NBA. Can he turn that talent into into impact, into winning games? That's you know the, the, we're, we're nearing that point where we have to start learning that about him. Yeah, he's got that pressure on him for sure. And he's had, a, I mean, a rough personal year as well as, yeah. as some of the details that come out with some of the family members. He has lost just this year alone. Um, number eight for me, Golden State Warriors. We talked about them a little bit earlier, so we can kind of go quick. But, our, you know, allegedly get a look at, at Wiseman possibly. I don't, I don't, I'm not so certain. We got Oubre. You got Curry. We haven't just seen for so long. We got Wiggins in a Warriors jersey. Um, they're They're interesting. I'll, I'll watch. Draymond? I'll watch at least. I'll watch at least one Warriors game in part because they're playing the Denver Nuggets on Saturday. Can Draymond play with Wiseman? Are we sure? I mean, about we'll that? find that out. I. I think. I think so. Um, but we'll. They're gonna obviously gonna have to give that a. They're gonna do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so number the next one on my list, number seven, the Detroit Pistons. You know they do have Killian Hayes. <laughs> they've got Sadiq Bay. But we just talked about them. They made such a weird offseason that I'm like, all right, maybe am I missing something here? Maybe they look yeah. incredible. Um, you know, maybe Jeremy Grant really is a number one option like he wants to be. So I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like. They'll be an interesting one. Do you ever watch Chopped? No. Any cooking shows whatsoever, like cooking judging shows or anything I, like that? No. Well, sometimes on Chopped, what will happen because they have like their row of judges and they can watch the contestants cook, right? They can see which ingredients they're pulling, the the process that they're putting into cooking. And every so often, because they have mics and, and you, you're hearing the judges literally watch these guys cook. And sometimes you'll, they'll go to a judge and they'll also like, I have no idea what this person is doing. I have no earthly <laughs> idea what's going on over there. And sometimes... It it, up, it's yeah. it's you know crazy like a, a fox. Of art. Other times, just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's that's how I would I would uh, call the the Pistons my chop team this year. My next one on my list, number six, Obi Toppin and the New York Knicks. <laughs> it's really just Obi Toppin. I mean, I'm not really horribly interested in R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and the rest of that roster. Although I do like Mitchell Robinson. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Obi Toppin, I'm curious to see. They also have a bunch of guys on that roster like Julius Randle and, R- and R.J. Barrett. These guys that I think are good, but not quite as good as, as they think they are and they were <laughs> projected not. and that they were projected to be. So, you know, R.J. Barrett, is he the best player prospect on the Knicks' roster? I mean, I think most people would say no, but I think he would say yes. So yeah. you got Julius Randle, same thing. I think is he – if you just go down their roster, a lot of young guys – and I'm curious what the pecking order is, both the established one and the one that everybody else seems to think that they, that it should be. I'm curious about that. Over under seven and a half times. No, we'll do nine and a half times that they give up 150 points this year. <laughs> 159? Come on, man. Come on. 150? Under. 150? 140 only happens like once a year. They're they're bad, dude. <laughs> okay. Obi Toppin's a terrible defensive prospect. Julius Randle hasn't cared about playing defense since he got paid. 
RJ Barrett can't play yeah. defense. You're going to love my next one because it's completely unbiased. Number five, the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. This, I say this completely unbiased, but, but in all seriousness, Michael Porter Jr., it's time. Okay. Last yeah. year, a little bit of a slow play. He started to play more and more, in, including starting heading into the playoffs, but training wheels are off. He is sinker. The Nuggets are sink or swim with him. We get to get a real look of Michael Porter Jr. Um, so that should be interesting. And then on top of that, you get Bull Bull. He'll, he'll be playing. I don't know that he's going to be playing in the regular season like Michael Porter will, but I think he's going to play a lot in the preseason. So that'll be interesting. And then lastly, I don't know if you heard Facundo Campaso, Argentinian <laughs> point guard. Uh, super, super fun. Don't know if he's a basket, if he's an NBA player, he's only five foot 11. He's like a five foot 11. I don't know. Jason Williams. Um, just, he looks like a blogger, Hey, but, but you know what he's, if you've seen his highlights, he's a lot of fun. He's at least intriguing. So five eleven Composo, seven, three bowl bowl. Let's do it. <laughs> Number one, need, pick and roll duo this year. There you, you heard it here first. <laughs> I need a buddy cop series between those two guys. Just, just. He's like watching Bull Bull getting getting into a car. That's a good preseason team. That'll be interesting. You, I, Bull Bull is going to be on SportsCenter this week, and we'll see. I, I, in all seriousness, the point that you make about MPJ can't be made often enough, right? Because this is a team in the Denver Nuggets that was just in the Western Conference last year. Yeah. And if he is capable of playing meaningful minutes, clutch-type minutes, and, and uh, Nuggets fans and Michael Malone – trust him in those situations, the Nuggets have a very different ceiling than they had last year. And the conference, frankly, looks very different from two down yeah. uh, if, if, if MPJ is, is legit. So the I, I floor hope on we, MPJ is really low, not just because of the injuries, but at least in Denver because of, you know, it's tough. He, he's a really aggressive, confident player, but the ceiling on him is just like, through the roof. I tell people this all the time. It can't be overstated. We'll find out though very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's more of a regular season story. Bull, bull, compasso. That's the story for preseason. Uh, <laughs> uh, number four, the Wizards. So now we get Bill. We get Westbrook. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Bertans. You get some space. I'm, I want to see it. I want to see Westbrook back with Scotty Brooks with some good spacing. Um, I'm curious to, to to see how that team looks in the in the preseason. We haven't seen Russell Westbrook. So we, we started to see it last year, right? When, when the Rockets really took off, it was Westbrook and four dudes who could shoot. And Westbrook looked like a very different player. It's, it's really too bad that the last memory that we have of Russ from last year is uh, banged post, up, slow. Post-COVID, yeah, post-COVID and banged up you know, with his, with his hamstring that he was dealing with to the point where you know, for me, when I was watching the Lakers play against the Rockets and he was on the court late in games, I, I, I knew that the Lakers had a, had a really good chance at winning there. No. But if there is a situation for Russ to have one of those throwback seasons to remind everybody, oh, yeah, that's right. This dude was an MVP at one point in his career. Uh, this, is, this is a situation to do it. And, you know, we talked about Atlanta and whether they're the favorite to potentially wrap up that or to, to land that eight seed in the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs, Washington feels like the number one spoiler there. And, and if, if, if Russ and Beal can, can really figure the things out, and if they can get just enough defense, which I'm, I'm really kind of unsure about, mm. this is a, th- that it could be, at the very least, a super fun team. I agree completely with you. The Brooklyn Nets, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on them, but we know why they're interesting. I'm, I'm so curious to see KD. I mean, what has everybody been saying for the last 
you know, eight months. We don't know if he's going to be the same. He's coming off an Achilles tear. Well, reports about him in practice and leading up to it that he looks exactly like he did when we last saw him. So I'm curious. I mean, well, we should get a good idea for that, you know, the first moments he plays. Yeah, I, I'm, I just – for for that team, I'm I'm kind of dubious about how much those guys are actually going to play in the preseason. You know, they, they'll play enough. There's I, only I, three games. You got to play. You got a new coach. You got to do something. Otherwise, they start to count. So they'll well, play. They, I mean, they, I, I'm with you. There's not going to be a regular season. But if we get Kevin Durant for 20 minutes in a game, that's 20 very interesting minutes. All 20 minutes of those will be interesting. You're you're absolutely right. You say that they have a new coach. They might have a new coach every night. Based That's on, true, based That's on how it is. That's what how it those goes. guys are saying. So, number two for me in New Orleans, um, you know they got Kira Lewis, so you got you get somebody there. But um, you know you get basically an entire new organization, new coach. You get uh, Adams in there, Stephen Adams to go alongside Zion. I think they're going to body. I think I think they're going to play a completely different brand of basketball than what we've seen before. And let's just be honest. Zion, when healthy and playing, is extremely interesting. We should see it as early as – when are they on? Are they on tomorrow or Saturday? I think they might be Saturday. Coming up, we should be able to get our first glimpse of it, and I can't wait. Yeah, Zion – the league has a lot invested in Zion. He is a ratings monster. When he's out there, uh, people people really do pay attention and really tune in for him specifically. So I really do hope that he's healthy – and he's healthy often enough to to play in the national games that they, to make up for the national games he missed last year, uh, and and you know the the the, the Zion Stephen Adams combination, like sometimes I, I watch the 49ers play and I watch the way that they ran the ball, um, and they didn't win the game or whatever, but it, it just you know sometimes you could watch and you say playing that team looks like it would suck. Mm-hmm. And, and Zion and Steven Adams feels like to me that the front court that it just, it, they might not be super effective, but it looks like it would suck playing against them. And I think it's going to, I mean, those are, they're going to grab, I think last year, Derek favors and Zion grabbed, it, it was it, like an insane amount of offensive rebounds. So I think mm-hmm. I want to say it was like 40 or 50% just between yeah. the two of them. It might've been more than that even. Off the top of my head, I think you're right. In uh, you're, it's closer to 50 than it was 40. It might have been 60. Even I can't remember. I'd have to look <laughs> it up. It wasn't a huge sample size, but they just grabbed an insane amount of offensive rebounds. And I think Stephen Adams, in many ways, will be even more so provide those opportunities for Zion Williams. And so, um, can't wait for that one. And then my number one one, and this is purely preseason. We got Charlotte. We got the Hornets. We got <laughs> Lamelo. Angelo, no, Lamelo. Leangelo's in Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Gordon Hayward, you also got LaMelo. I'm curious to see it. I don't know how much I'm going to be interested in that storyline throughout the rookie season. I mean, I'll be interested, of course. But I don't know that it's going to be, like, top of my list. But in preseason, it's top of my list. I want to see this guy play, man. Yeah. I, the, the fact that he didn't play, so with Lonzo coming out of UCLA, there were enough games to where you could look back and you can kind of have a feel for the dude. I have no earthly yeah, idea yeah. how how what what he's going to look like on an NBA court. And but he that said, he has the right type of you know draft analyst vouching for him, saying that he's legit. Right. So uh, in in that respect, I, I I hope that those guys are right because that just means the NBA got another talented player. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's going to do it. Next time Adam and I talk, actual. Well, air quotes on actual NBA basketball will have been played and somehow uh, some way the league is is getting this season underway 
And you know, I can't wait to cover it. It's going to be a fascinating year. You have Steph Curry back in the NBA. You have Kevin Durant back in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is back. Uh, you, we we got to see how this Harden and, and Giannis situation play out. Uh, to to be able to keep an eye on all of that, make sure you're tuned in, not just to Locked on NBA and this feed uh, specifically, but to all of our hosts that are covering the various situations uh, across the NBA and, and frankly across all of sports. Because if you have a favorite team, I, I, I can pretty much guarantee there's a host for you here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. Please stay safe out there. And Adam and I will talk to you guys next Friday.